Hello and welcome to episode 7 of The Two Tones. This is Tony DeVolfo filling in uh, on Tony Moakley's behalf. Unfortunately, Tony, the uh, the poorer half of The Two Tones, is currently in New Zealand. And um, after long discussion with our producer, Luca Ganano during the week, and as this is The Two Tones, we, we thought long and hard about which tone we'd uh, get in as a, a more than suitable replacement. And we have come up with the great man himself... Tony Kudafidis. Tony, that's not my name. Oh, please. sorry, it's actually Anthony. You weren't christened Tony uh, no, at birth, Anthony. Or? I think it was more Antonio, more <laughs> so than Tony. Well, uh, I, yes. Well, just, I was Anthony yeah. as well, christened. So I'm happy to compromise for the purposes oh. of the uh, of the podcast. No, I'll Anthony. take that just for this. Uh, what is it? Thirty minutes? Is it or 20? thirty minutes? Yeah, I'll just take it. Oh, the boys actually, David Kernan used to call me Tony. I used to hate it. <laughs> So once they know you hate it, they just kept going and then it just luckily faded away. Fair enough. And look, Kuda, in all seriousness, it's great to see you back at the club. Um, we know you've been a busy man on the hustings away from football. Yes. You're sporting the, uh, the Herbalife Nutrition T-shirt I see this afternoon. Always. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're actually doing with your life these days? Yes, I'm working with uh, Herbalife. I'm building a team, helping people get healthy too at the same time. So you can basically say I'm a wellness coach and I... I I love what I do with a passion because I've always been fit and healthy and now, you know, through a struggle there for a year or so, maybe six years ago where my health wasn't where I really wanted to be and I was really concerned with my health, I've been able to find something. So there's a lot of people who suffer both mentally and physically out there and I want to be able to hopefully stretch out, you know, what I've learned and try to help as many people as I can and we've helped an enormous amount of people, not only just for weight loss, Tony, because there's also you can be skinny too but unhealthy on the inside. And so our healthy, active lifestyle is you know, what we base it around. We say 80% is about nutrition, 20% is about exercise, but 100% about mindset. And uh, that's really important too. So we always try to look and be positive about everything we do and you know, just building a great team, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's been great. We, we talked off air about the issues that face footballers at this level when they retire of being yeah. weaned off the game and, and how they cope with that adjustment. Did you find that this uh, has actually helped you in, in realising that goal of, you know, that there is life after football and it's not, you know, downhill on yeah. the slippery slope? Yeah, I'll be honest, Tony, I, I struggle with it. And there was an article about it uh, maybe three years ago because, you know, as a young kid when you have a dream, and my dream was to be an, an AFL footballer or an Olympian, so I was able to live my dream, but like you're so regimented and you knew exactly what you were going to do and I loved it with a passion and I looked forward to it. I just knew what I was doing, you know, and it was just a, a dream come true. But when footy finishes and, you know, I knocked on the club's door too and, you know, I wasn't lucky enough to come back and, and be involved. So I felt a little bit lost because I think you've always got to have a love and passion for whatever you do. And for a few years there, I didn't have that. You know, I was working and was doing things, but it just, it wasn't me. I've still got a lot of dreams that I want to fulfil in life. And I feel like my life is just beginning, really. And that, you know, the Carlton Football Club, to me, I feel like I'm forever indebted to it because it just gave me an amazing upbringing. I got here when I was 14, Tony, so all I knew was footy, footy in the Carlton Football Club. I knew it inside out. And when that was taken away from me, like anyone, I guess, who has been in a, in a job and, you, you know, you've been there for 20 years, you get lost. And that's what I felt, I guess, maybe a little bit unwanted, but... It sort of woke me up to say, you know what, no one's going to give you anything in life. You've got to go out there and chase it. And I've been able to find a vehicle now that I love with a passion again. So I get up in the morning, I can't wait for it. And when I see my team grow, you know, earning bigger dollars and moving up at what we call our marketing plan, I, I feel like a, a father figure. 
and uh, you know to get them out of their doldrums and whatever position they've been in their past life to help them lose 20, 30, 40 kilos of weight and see them earn extra income and then become full-time in our business, that, that's a thrill to me. More so than being on a footy field and getting pats on the back for you know, the accolades and the performances that you've done, this year I know I've physically helped people. Fair, fair, fair comment. And uh, by the way, they ran the 99 Prolim on Fox Footy the other night. Great effort that last quarter. <laughs> I think that's been replayed to death. It's the one game. I think there was there was one night. I think I, I got up early or whatever it was, and I switched on the television. And there it was again, the ninety nine prelim. But you know, I just sat there and watched it, and uh, it brought back some incredible memories. It was it was an amazing day, though. It really was, Tony. I mean, when you think about that, we were the underdogs, and Essendon had basically secured themselves a, a grand final berth, mm-hmm. and we came up that day and. And Jack Elliott was a big instigator, in my opinion. He was just a brilliant president because he gave us belief. And the Carlton Football Club, you can always understand, no matter what predicament we were in, we always felt like we could win because it was finals footy. And this is the Carlton Football Club. And to us and our culture back then was, no matter, you know, we were underdogs, we were going to win that day. And uh, when we ran out with that sort of mentality and belief and at hard, halftime had that convincing lead, and although Essendon played their rule footy in just that third quarter... We were able to just, you know, get them at the end of the last quarter and win by one point. And I think it would, in the memories of the Carlton supporters, out of all the premierships, they'll always be number one. But I think the, the game that lies beneath that is that 99 prelim final against Essendon. Absolutely. Now, you talked about uh, the growth of your family, uh, your, your new phase of your career, uh, professional career. And I suspect that what we're seeing at Carlton, your old club, Cooter, is um, the growth of a new family here mm. under, under Brendan Bolton's watch. The team performed admirably last week against Richmond, certainly had their chances uh, to, to b- b- snatch what would have been considered an unlikely victory to most. But in the end, I think a lot of people came away having seen that performance and taken great heart in the way the players went about their business. What were your overriding thoughts of, of that performance, Cooter? I was thrilled with the performance because I, I don't have too many expectations on the team this year, but all you want to do is see effort. And no doubt that game was effort. And I guess as the team matures, those sort of games they'll never lose. So really they had it there. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, Richmond with a little bit maybe more experience were able to get them over the line. But I see some excitement back again finally. And I, I feel like the club's, you know, really finally from... Uh, in, in the right, going in the right direction and that's important for me and I think for every supporter you know the young generation haven't been able to experience what we have experienced and how wonderful this club is and how powerful it's been in the past and I feel like you know we're, we're certainly way way below that but if we can gather momentum going forward in the next few years and see some excitement of these incredible young players that they've got at this football club we're going to see the true strength and power of the Cardinal Football Club back and that's when we, we know we've landed again you know and hopefully it's not too far away. We've had how many years? 15 years of dark, dark times or whatever it's been with a couple of good you know, performances and years within that but it still hasn't been the true Carlton Football Club as far as I remember it. As a young kid, everyone wanted to be involved with this club and within these doors we were a, big, we were a family and no one, we were impenetrable too at the same time. And as a player that really played with so much flair and finesse, you, you must have been particularly heartened in the manner in which the players went about the way they played, you know, the, to take the game on and, and really, um, you know, really attack the footy and, you know, uh, and uh, play a pr- fairly attractive brand of football, I would have thought. 
I believe if the coach, you know, the emphasis on the game plan, you know, the, the game of footy is hard enough, but if the, ga- the game plan you believe in, you make this a fun environment, you'll, you'll see players perform in a way that you thought they were never capable of performing. You'll be able to get out of them every little ounce of ability that they've got if you've got the environment that's correct. Because footy is the toughest game in the world. And I know through my experience when I enjoy myself here and look forward to training and love my coach and all that, I played my best footy. And when it wasn't that case, it was hard to extract the best footy out of yourself. So if you allow the players to play, I mean, within structure, but allow you know, players to play, they'll come out of their shells and we'll see growth within our players. We were nine points to the bad, admittedly, on the ledger of... Uh, of football life on, on Thursday night. However, there were many, many positives to emerge from that contest. And I wanted to get your thoughts on some of them, uh, beginning with Mark Murphy. Um, was obviously under enormous pressure leading in. Hadn't had a, a, a chance at any scratch match uh, experience leading up to the game, but equipped himself so very, very well. What were your thoughts, Cooter? I think Murph's a fantastic player. And a great leader. And, uh, you know, when your team's not winning, it's hard as a leader because you get pinpointed too and say, oh, he hasn't got, you know, he's maybe not deserving to be captain. Well, I, I think he is. And he was terrific. And uh, I remember the kid when he first came into the, uh, the club and I, he was an outstanding player. And uh, there's no doubt. And I think now he's probably got that little bit of, you know, the energy back in him. And I think we're going to see an incredible year from Murph and he's going to lead by example and you know a leader sometimes doesn't have to be overly vocal as long as when it's his turn to go on game day and the ball's there and he goes that's all you expect from a leader leading by example when the the team's down he's the one who puts up his hand and says you know what I'll take this and show the way for the younger generations and I think on uh, yeah last weekend Murph was able to do that last Thursday night and uh, he's going to be great for the club and we we all know that so I'm excited for Murph and what he's about to, I think, uh, the year that he's about to have this year. And do you believe that with the likes of Kerridge, Jed Lamb, all these players coming in, you know, Cripps is there, obviously we'll talk about him in a moment, that Murph is probably being afforded a little bit more protection, uh, that there is strength in numbers and maybe the lot doesn't <coughs> fall to him as a, as a one a one-man uh, midfield. Yeah, it makes it difficult when it's just the one man and everyone targets him and, you know, they've gone hard on Murph in the last few years. But, you know, as the team grows, you can't just rely on that one person. So as the other guys grow within, then the, the, the opposition teams obviously go, OK, well, if we stop them, we're going to let someone else go. And that's what you want. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot easier for Murph yeah. going forward. Patrick Cripps, now we're seeing him really sort of emerge as a, a, a rare talent, really, you know, as in the old measurement, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six midfielder, who, like your good self, can actually go forward and, and take a catch. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts and observations of Patrick Cripps at this stage of his, of his playing career, I think uh, Tony? Me, I think, to me, Tony, is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, for me, it's been the most exciting thing to come out of this club in the last 10, 15 years as a player. Uh, I love watching him too. He's got the ability, as you said, Tony, so not just solely midfielder. Okay, we can throw him up forward. And you need to be versatile, I believe, nowadays. And you can throw him up forward and he can take you that contested mark. So it's not easy. I believe contested players are finals footies players. You know what I mean? Because finals footy, when the pressure's on, you need to be able to win the contested ball. And Cripps does it week in, week out. It's unbelievable to think of the amount of contested ball this guy wins at such a young age. He's only 21. It takes time to learn to be able to build yourself and that strength up to be able to win contested ball. And he's a natural at it. Uh, I think the club sort of held him back a bit too much even last year. 
putting players before him. But now they've realised how important this guy is. You can build a team around this person. And, uh, you know, my kids were excited to, to meet him. It was the Carl Nesson game, and after the game, they wanted to, you know, sign, get a few autographs from players. I was embarrassed. I'm thinking, hang on, that was me years ago. What are you doing, kids? But, uh, you know, and I stood next to him, and I didn't really talk to him too much because I know, like, he'd get busy, and he, he, everyone would be, you know, on his case and want to talk to him and get to know him. But, uh, mate, he's big, he's a big boy. I felt like if I was playing against him, I wouldn't be able to move him too, the way, the, the size of him. But he doesn't look it on telly, but you stand next to him. But he's got that build, you know, for footy. He's not you know, overly broad, but he's almost like Gary Ablett, like Gary Ablett senior, like, but in a taller version where you just can't push him off the ball. And that's uh, Cripsy for me. So he's got just an exciting future. Of course, you wouldn't have had to worry about moving him. You just run off him. You know, just, just Man, I would have taken a hanger on him, you mean? No, <laughs> mate, I'd take him up forward, take a speaker on him, teach him a few lessons. It's a bit late now, isn't it? At least I can't jump anymore, can't run anymore. <laughs> now, we saw a first gamer um, who, you know, you talk about quality of footballer, you know, and uh, Jacob Weedering, yeah. you know, number one draft pick, again, under enormous pressure for different reasons, but it had taken all before him in the lead-up matches and looked like he was just so at home out there Thursday night. He's uh, a mature head, you know, he walks in straight up with maturity, you know, it's not easy to get a mature kid at that age, but I read somewhere, I think it might have been one of the Carlton books where he said... Mate, it doesn't matter that I'm pick number one. I'm equal to anyone else who's just starting. And that's the mentality you've got to have because a number one draft pick doesn't assure you you're going to be anything special in this game because a rookie list player goes out there and trains as hard as he possibly can and becomes this exceptional player when the one who has all the talent just doesn't do anything and thinks everything's going to fall you know, in his, in his lap. But it looks like Wiedering has got that sort of mindset where he goes, you know what, I might be number one pick. Who cares? I'm going to bust my gut. And uh, he just shows maturity to me. So he's already, you know, the future is, you know, incredible there too, let's be honest. So some of the picks that the Carlton Football Club have got this year just, uh, I think, made us all open up our eyes and go, wow, okay, now there's something really special happening here. Well said. And we've talked a little bit about the, the new Carlton, but, you know, the, the, the key um, words here, faster, bolder, hungrier. Do you see that? Now, uh, in terms of the methodology of the team, you know, and how the players are going about their work, that this is a team that really plays with, um, I suppose, um, you know, you know, flair, flair and excitement that maybe hasn't been there in, you know, more recent times. It's hard to judge a team just on one performance. Let, let's be honest. But like what I said before, I mean, if the guys believe in the game plan, they can see improvement, and you're sharing the ball, and everyone's getting a touch on it. Everyone gets excited. I know in my day, like, if you share the ball, you actually then want to run because you believe you're going to get the ball, whereas if you don't, it becomes a little bit difficult. So they looked like they were, they were happy and, and running and doing what they needed to do. And let's be honest, you know, Brendan Bolton, you know, coming from an elite club like Hawthorne, let's be, you know, the last three decades they've shown everyone what, what needs to be done in AFL footy. And, uh, you know, he's come from really good, you know, background there with Hawthorne incredible intellectual property that he's been able to bring over to us and that's important so the guys are going to benefit from it after your kids pushed you out of the road to get to Cripps did yeah. you make a beeline for Brendan Bolton have you have you actually met, met him, him yet no no I haven't met him but look he just looks like a, a wonderful man and uh, instead of you know I think it's important to be a, a man's man you know like you've got to be a, a manager and you can't be a dictator and you've got to you know, there's a line to be drawn, but at the end of the day, coach has got to show that he cares for his players. And when you can, you pat him on the back, more so than kick him in the butt. And some players need more kicks in the butt than what they do pats. 
I preferred the padding of the back, I'll be honest, because <laughs> I felt like then if the coach loved me, then I would go and play for you. And I feel like he's one of those sort of coaches. And uh, if you can get the players to play for you and the club, then you can go a long way. It's fascinating to hear your assessment of the team and the players now playing this team, Kuda. But uh, this is a game where, um, you know, it stops for no one and we have to move, uh, move on to round two. Seems to come around so quickly, but it's um, Sunday, Twilight Game at Etihad Stadium uh, versus Sydney, who were rampant against Collingwood. You might have seen that game yeah, in Sydney last week. I was uh, happy. I was very happy. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, your expectations uh, for the team against Sydney this week, how do you see them? <clears throat> Sydney's one of the really great teams of the last few years, and they play that hard and tough brand of footy where they don't give you any time and space. And uh, this will be a test for a lot of the young kids too because this is almost really like finals footy. If you want to get used to finals footy, Sydney play that sort of brand. It's a bit boring, as we know, and maybe sometimes not a lot of scoring in that too. But if they can learn you know, to play in this sort of pressure, it's going to be a lot more beneficial for them. So we just, you know, luckily it's here. And uh, I certainly give Carlton, you know, a chance of winning. When you've got a young team, they might go up and down a little bit more than other teams that play more consistently, but potentially could, you know, produce something... Uh, special, so it will be a great test for the guys. I just all we expect, I think, is supporters. Myself, I just want to see effort from the guys. I don't expect them to win, you know, every week or win it, whatever it is. But if they can obviously put in a good effort, I walk off the ground and go, wow! They keep to the team structure through pressure of the Sydney Swans, and they do all the right things that they need to. We we come up and go, wow! This is fantastic. This is what we want to see. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I guess you know, four quarter effort against a really. Uh, strong, you know, battle tough, toughened team like Sydney, who's experienced so much, including premierships also. There was a dress rehearsal, obviously, some weeks ago when Carlton met the Swans that Eddie had in the lead-up match. And uh, uh, for those of us who watched on, Franklin really, you know, showed his his class, you know, particularly when the, I guess the game was in the balance, because it was for a while. Uh, yeah. the, the players really took it to Sydney. But um, a player like Franklin really probably was the difference on on that particular occasion. Um, who gets the job on Buddy this week, in, in your opinion? And um, what are your thoughts of um, putting on your spot here, question unannounced, with where the Carlton goals are going to come from? How are we going to manufacture a winning team, a winning score against teams of Sydney's calibre? It's a good question, but I mean, I don't really watch the, the guys too closely. But Franklin's one that's going to be hard to stop, and he was on fire last week against uh, Collingwood. So he seems to... Ha- I'm glad mentally, you know, he's, he's a lot better off now and he seemed like he was playing with flair again. Um, it'll be hard. But I think Jamison's probably the obvious one. It's, uh, you know, if he carves up Jamo, do you try someone like, a, you know, Weedering, you know, someone young to just even play, you know, for a quarter? It just depends on how the game's going and if we're winning or losing. But, you know, can you take a risk? Just experience what this guy's all about if you want to learn, you know, AFL footy. Um, the goals, I'm not 100% sure, you know, Beast. Uh, you know, Casbolt is one guy who, my God, I don't know if there's a better guy that gets the ball more than him. And he's scary. I reckon when he jumps, he's such a big, big fella. But, we, you know, we know he's kicking, you know, can go anywhere. But as someone like him, all you do is really expect contest. And that's, and that's what you get from him. So, you know, obviously, you know, some of the midfielders maybe, you know, like what we say, maybe you can try Cripps a little bit up there too. And I've seen Murphy kick goals, you know, so you can't maybe just rely on, on the forward line. And then there's Everett as well. And, uh, you know, but there's a few options. So you've got to 
got to be smart in the way that we play. I, I know it's early in the week, so this is supposition, but I'd imagine that Dale Thomas, uh, having completed his one-match suspension, will come into contention. Do you think that a player like him, who, who is a smart footballer, might be a, a, a person that uh, Bolton can utilise as a, uh, a as a forward up front, like a you know, a, like a, a sneak around goals. Well, he's done it before in the past, hasn't he? You know, when he was playing there, Collingwood, he was fantastic in that way. So there's an option there. It's whether his confidence is up to be able to do that, because I think Dale needs to get his hands on the ball and a lot more. His kicking, you know, hasn't been great and whatever. But hopefully, we can get some confidence. But you know, if we're talking longer term, if we can, you know, get closer towards those finals, he's he's one key. Or one little, you know, thing that you can keep on the side and go, okay, maybe when we need him to go in the forward line, he can do something for us. He's smart enough, like what you said, Beast. He's smart enough to be able to play up there and be that goal sneak that we need. And just a final one in respect of uh, of uh, Buddy Franklin. Um, and you mentioned Weedering. Um, Brendan Bolton's mantra is, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You you honestly think that he might. Um, throw the challenge to Wittering at some stage in, in the game to have a crack at, at Franklin if circumstances dictate it? Well, depending on circumstances, I mean, he's still young, right? But he's a mature young. So, you know, I've seen it happen before. Why not? You know, there's other... other. I think Clarkson was at... I uh, can't remember who he used to play down back at fullback and he used to get beaten nearly every week. Uh, Dawson, Zach Dawson, remember that? And so... And not to say we would probably, you know, get beaten, but it's just a little experience. Depending on the circumstance, obviously if the, if the game, you know, is getting blown out or a little or whatever, it's always good to go, you know what, let's go and try just for a quarter and just see what this guy's all about. And then I think to me, I experienced that a lot in my career too, getting thrown on certain players and had to tag players and you just learn from the greats of the game too. So it's all about development for Weedering. You don't want to obviously over-exhaust him in his first year, but a little taste of one of the greats of the game to be able to play on, will be a good little thing mentally for him to go, okay, you know, and just work out the way that he plays the game. And, and of course, you are so qualified to comment in in this particular instance because you yourself, I I think in many respects, revived your career playing centre-half back. You you, you know, that really was a a pivotal moment in your own playing career going back there. Why did it work for you, that, that particular moment in time? Uh, that was the year I struggled. That was the year my father passed away. And I remember, like, just, you know, footy was not non-existent for me. It was all about, you know, why my father passed away. And so when I struggled, I, the, the club in Wayne Britton, David Park, and I think Barry Mitchell decided, yep, sent out back would be good for him because there's not as much expectation on me to go and get 30 possessions or 35 and take 18 marks and all that sort of stuff. My expectation was, could you just get out there and beat your man? And although I started slowly, I worked out centre-half back after a while and I felt so comfortable down there. Um, yeah, until, you know, year 2000 when they started playing me more in the midfield. But before that, at centre-half back, I, yeah, I really did enjoy it and played some in- incredible footy at centre-half back. You learn the game. You're playing some greats that run and run and get, you know, it got me fitter also at that time as well. And so I was so petrified that they would get a kick that I was never going to leave their side. No matter how exhausted I was, I'd just continually run. So it was a good little experience sometimes because, you know, it's all that the spoiling, the tackling and making sure and stopping them from getting the ball. It helps you when you're freed up also. Milestone matches this week. Uh, we should acknowledge um, uh, Tone. Uh, Sam Doherty plays his 50th game. Zach Tui plays his 100th game for the club. Now, I don't think you shared lockers. I think you might have just finished before Zach yeah. started out at Carlton. 
However, being a, uh, the only member of both the AFL, Italian and Greek teams of the century, <laughs> you would appreciate Zach's journey from um, Port Leash um, in Ireland. Um, the first Irishman to play 100 games for the Carlton Football Club, and I think one of only about three or four ever to have done it in the game. What would you say about that particular achievement, given, given Zach's circumstances? Oh, it's huge. I mean, this game of AFL footy, it's not easy to pick up you know, at a later age and to be able to come from another game completely and come over like Jim Steins did and Jim dominated the game, it just shows what sort of commitment this guy had. And I think if everyone looks at, you know, the, these sort of players and commit like they do, they will all, you know, get the best out of their footy and that's what Zach has done, in my opinion. He's hard and tough and still learning the game but just been a great stalwart for the Carlton Football Club. A hundred games is... An incredible achievement, no matter what club, no matter what circumstances. So to him to be able to get there, and he's still got many years to come. So I'm sure by the looks of him on the outside, he's one of those guys that you just love. He's just a good clubman around and, and a good bloke. And every time I've seen him, he's just shown respect, and I love that in a player, and I've spoken to him quite a few times. So fantastic effort, and we want to see you know more of that sort of commitment of players when they come to the Carlton Football Club, because this club and the Guernsey should mean you know the world to them. Well said, Tone, and uh, might I say that... Tone's calling me Tone. Yes. <laughs> I might walk out and Mum might start calling me Tone in now too. I've lost, I've lost in the moment. Uh, it's been terrific to talk to you, but Zach's mother and father, Noel and, and Murray, will be uh, in town for the, for the milestone. And Zach, of course, gets his name now under Robert Walls on the number 42 locker, so he's in pretty good company. Very good, and it's a great honour for him to be there too. Absolutely. Okay, well, Kuda, we've, we've talked about it. Uh, Carlton versus Sydney. To all members and supporters listening into the podcast today, it's Sunday 4.40pm at Etihad Stadium. Be there for the first bounce. Tickets are available, of course, at carltonfc.com.au forward slash tickets. Um, Kuda, do you have anything coming up in your very hectic um, schedule that you might like to... Um, promote or declare to Carlton <laughs> members that might be interested in coming along? Oh, I don't know. I've got lots going on. We've got a Preston Lifestyle Centre down at Plenty Road, Preston. Where we've down got by our, way. Our Fit Club. Yeah, just there, mate. I'm waiting for you to turn up the Fit Club, uh, yeah. Tony. I just, I'm, 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 I'm happy to be your guinea pig with probably more of an emphasis on pig at the moment. <laughs> well, mate, you don't have to train. You can even just look and say that you've been a Fit Club. How does that I'm sound? Like? I'll come down and I'll, I'll exercise my eyebrows. Nutrition. I'll guide you and teach you about good foods to eat combined with the good nutrition that yeah. we have the Herbalife. As long as it involves gnocchi, I'll be happy. Gnocchi won't. We'll incorporate. Gnocchi's in the shake, you know that? Oh, is that right? No, not really, but I tell people <laughs> that. Lasagna, cannelloni, it's all in the shake, mate. It's all there. Lovely. Lovely to hear. And a shameless p- plug, Cooter, uh, but um, for those who love Carlton and love the streets of Carlton, I'll be speaking on Saturday afternoon at two o'clock at the Kathleen Syme Library Community Centre in Faraday Street wow. about the story of the streets of Carlton and the players and the people who, who made Carlton famous who lived in them. So yeah, anyone yeah. who'd like to come along, free of charge, and it's in the heart of Carlton Town, we'll be celebrating... Um, uh, we'll, be, we'll be going early, but uh, celebrating the anticipation of a big Carlton win on Sunday. Course. Tone, thank you so much for Pleasure, being here. Tony. Uh, we will see you again, Tony, I hope, uh, through the course of the year. Lovely to hear your thoughts. To our listeners and members, get on the Carlton Juggernaut. It's going places. We'll uh, see you next week with Episode 8, and uh, hopefully sanity will be restored with Tony McCree's return. Thank you very much.